This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C-Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. Everybody knows that the Heilegger Reb Shmuel Kamenka was one of the greatest students of Reb Herschel Nedvorner, who himself was one of the greatest students of the Heilegger Baal Shem Tov. Reb Shmuel had one craziness, something that he always had to do and just couldn't get over. He had to give everything away. Nothing was left in his house to eat or drink. There was never any money to buy anything. All the food that he bought for Shabbos was bought on credit. And he got into such deep debt that the grocer, the butcher, and all the shopkeepers eventually said, no more until you pay off your debts. One day, Reb Shmuel's wife comes home crying and she says to her husband, what are we going to do? We can't borrow any more money. The Hasidim overhear this and they decide to organize an emergency campaign. Within one week, they collected 10,000 rubles for the Helege Kamenka, which would be enough to pay off all of his debts and to support his family and the Hevre for many months to come. At 12 o'clock exactly in the afternoon, the Hasidim proudly presented to the Rebbe the money. And 15 minutes later, at a quarter past 12, the Rebbe Shamis, his assistant, was told the good news. Overjoyed, he came to the Rebbe and said, Rebbe, please give me some of that money so I can pay off your bills. We're going to need 100 rubles to settle the account with the butcher. We're going to need... The Rebbe interrupted him. I'm sorry, but you're 10 minutes too late. Too late? What do you mean? How is that possible? Well, two minutes after I received the money, a poor man showed up at the door and he needed a dowry for marrying off his daughter. He needed 10,000 rubles. So I gave him all of the 10,000 rubles that the Hasidim gave me. The Gabbai was kind of used to this. He wasn't very happy about it. But it wasn't the first time he'd seen this type of behavior. But for the Hasidim, it was too much for them. They stormed into the Rebbe's room. They told him to his face, Rebbe, please, you have to know we love you, but you're really overdoing it. The first schlepper that comes to you and asks you for money, so maybe you give him five rubles? Give him 500 rubles? A thousand rubles? But all 10,000 rubles, Rebbe, it's crazy. And the Holy Kamenka, he said, Ah, I know. It's really crazy. It's crazy. I know. I just can't help myself. I have to give everything away. Because this was the great teaching that I received from my Rebbe, the Holy Nedvorner, who, as you know, was one of the closest Hasidim of the Baal Shem Tov. I'll tell you the story. I was barely 17 when I came to the Nedvorner. I searched for months for a Rebbe who was holy enough to take me by the hand and lead me to where I really needed to go, teach me the way of serving Hashem. And I felt like this Rebbe was the one for me. I didn't have a lot of contact with the Rebbe at first. But from the Heilige Nedvorner's followers, I began to learn what it meant to be truly holy. They shared with me many secrets, and one of them was the importance of saying to Hillem, Psalms. Every Friday morning, they said, wake up early, go to the mikvah, and then say the whole book of Psalms without stopping. No interruptions. If you do it without an interruption, without talking with anyone, then your soul will be purified enough to receive the holy light that's coming down on Shabbos. But every Friday, I started saying to Hillen, and something always came and interrupted me. I could never finish them. So one Friday morning, I woke up super early. I went to the mikvah, and I started saying to Hillen so early in the morning. Everybody knows that there's 150 psalms in Tehillim, and it takes hours to say them. And I'd already reached the 140th chapter without stopping, no interruption, when the Rebbe Shamus comes running into the room, and he shouts at me, Shmulek, 
The Rebbe's calling you. Come, you have to come now. It was such a great honor to be summoned by the Rebbe, but I wanted to finish saying Tehillim. So I took a little piece of paper and I wrote, Hey, the Rebbe, I'll come in a few minutes. As soon as I finish Tehillim. And the Shamash, she takes the paper. Two seconds later, he's back. The Rebbe says, either you come now or don't bother coming at all. So what was I going to do? Obviously, if the Rebbe, who was so holy and had holy vision, if he thought it was important for me to interrupt saying Tehillim, especially when he for sure knew where I was and the effort that I'd made, then there was something special going on. So I put down my book of Tehillim and I ran to the Rebbe's room, imagining that Mashiach had come, or maybe Eliyahu Navi was there. At that moment, I was so full of love for the Rebbe, I would have done anything for him. But as soon as I ran into the Rebbe's room, who do I see? Laying on the floor, hands and legs stretched out, crying out of control? Moishele, the drunkard. Moishele. You know, we Jewish people were not famous for drinking. But there's always one Jew who feels like, ah, he needs to drink for everyone. Some of the Jews, they drink the Shem Shamayim for the sake of heaven. And some Jews drink for an entire city. And those that drink for the entire world. But this Moishele, the drunkard, was on such a level that he drank for every Jew since the time of her father, Avram Avinu. And Moishe is laying there on the floor, crying, groveling, mamish before the Rebbe. And the Rebbe sees me and he calls me over and he says, Shmulek, Moishe here is crying because he has no money for Shabbos. Okay, he's a drunkard. Nobody wants to give him anything. Not free, not on credit, nothing for their meal on Shabbos. So I want you to walk around town and collect tzedakah for Moishe's family. Only whatever you do, don't give the money to Moishele. Give it only to his wife. I was besides myself. The Rebbe couldn't have waited ten minutes for me to finish saying to Hillem before he asked me to waste my entire day on collecting money for a drunkard? What kind of Rebbe is this? He's so insensitive to my needs. Insensitive wasn't even the word. I didn't even know what I was doing being with this Rebbe. How did he not understand me? I was just about to reach the height of a holiness to come into Shabbos on the highest level. And he sends the Shamash in to knock me down to the lowest level so I can spend all Friday raising money for a drunkard. I was furious. I was so angry. And the whole time I was walking around town collecting money for Moishele, I kept saying, who needs this? And by air of Shabbos, by the time I handed the money to Moishele's wife, I'd already made up my mind that Saturday night, Motsi Shabbos, I was out of there. I needed to find another Rebbe, a real Rebbe. All Shabbos, I was angry. I didn't even look at the Rebbe, and the Rebbe didn't look at me. And right after Havdalah, I packed my stuff, and just as I'm about to leave the room, who do I see standing there at the door? The Shamas. The Shamas is standing there again, and he says, Quick, Shmulek, where are you going? The Rebbe wants to see you. Ah, so I put down my bag, and I went with him, but only because I was going to give the Rebbe a piece of my mind. And before I could say a word, the Rebbe said to me, Shmulek, do you really think I don't know what you're feeling? The truth is, Hashem didn't need you to say psalms as much as Moishele needed you to collect money for his wife and family. Hashem has time, but somebody who's broken like Moishele, he has no more time. Shmulek, let me give you a teaching that I received from my Rebbe, the Helech of Al Shem Tov. There's a saying in Pirkei Havot of our fathers, if you want to serve Hashem, eat bread, drink a little water, and lead the life of pain. What do you think that means? You think that God created us and the whole world so that we can spend our lifetime suffering? No, of course not. And that's why we had a Rebbe like the Baal Shem Tov. He learned this teaching directly from Eliyahu Navi. And this is how the Baal Shem Tov explained it. If you see someone in pain, give him life. Because that's the closest way to serve God. 
like giving someone else life. And everyone knows the Helega Kaminka was telling his Hasidim that for me to give away a few rubles to lift someone up is nothing compared to the way my Rebbe would give life. It wasn't just once in a while, he, but this was always his way. You probably heard of the orphan Fegele who lived at the mercy of the Holy Nedvorner. This was a beautiful young child. She had a face of heaven, but Nebuch, she was born paralyzed and she couldn't walk. She could barely move. The day after Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe secretly called me and he said, Shmulik, here's 20 rubles. Go take Fegele's measurements without her knowing, and then ask the tailor to make her a winter coat out of the finest fabric. When it's finished, bring it home and hide it in my closet until I tell you to bring it to me. Just before Yom Kippur, shortly before Kol Nidri, we all came to the Rebbe to get his bracha. Not only the Hasidim, but all the townspeople came there and their children. Everyone was crowded around the Heilige Reb Herschele, but because Fegele was crippled, she was the last one to reach him. And by the time she was finally in front of the Rebbe, her eyes were filled with tears. Heilige Rebbe, she said, you can cure the whole world with your blessings, but I am in such pain. I'm begging you, Rebbe, please, heal me. And then the Rebbe gave me a sign to go get the coat. I went and I got it. And the Rebbe put it on Fegele himself. And then he stepped back and he said, Fegele, do you know how beautiful you are? Fegele, you're so beautiful. If you could only see how beautiful you are. And the Rebbe kept walking around Fegele. And she was there before him in her new coat. And the Rebbe was going around and around saying to her, So beautiful. Fegele, if you only knew how beautiful you really are. And the Rebbe didn't stop praising Fegele until her tears stopped and she started to laugh. So you see, Chevre, the holy Kaminker said to his Hasidim, and so I'm so grateful to you for collecting the 10,000 rubles for me. I really appreciate it, and I didn't just give it away because I didn't appreciate what you did for me. I gave it away because of what my Rebbe taught me and what his Rebbe, the Baal Shem Tov, taught him. I can't help myself. When I see that someone's in pain, I have to give them everything I have because when I do, I know. I'm giving them life.
know, I have so much fun recording these stories, as I'm sure you can hear. And I just want to thank you, my listeners, for listening, for the people that have reached out to me personally and told me that they listen to the stories. And so many parents have told me that their children listen to the stories when they go to sleep at night. I've had people write to me that they binge and that they're addicted to the stories and they look forward to the next story and they share these stories with their friends. And really, there's nothing more meaningful to me than hearing those things. So thank you for listening. Be sure to go to my website, HasidicStory.com, H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. And there you'll see a, a link to become a supporter. Your financial support allows me to buy new equipment like this microphone and the preamp that I'm using. There's more equipment that I'd like to buy. And make sure to also listen to my other podcast, Jewish People and Ideas, where I have conversations with some of the top Jewish thought leaders and thinkers and writers about contemporary Jewish topics. And I look forward to our next story session together. Thank you again, my sweetest friends.